We are going to tier the current players on the roster and identify where the Buffalo Bills can improve from within in 2022 today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Today on the podcast, we are going to do something that I did last year, and I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great way to fully understand what exists on the Buffalo Bills roster and identify where the Bills can get better from within. We always get excited about new players being added to the roster, whether that's in free agency or the NFL draft or through a trade. And we think about how those new additions can make the football team better. But I don't think we pay enough attention to how the Bills can get better by the players already on the team elevating their game. And I always go back to this reference. I remember when Marv Levy was the general manager of the Bills, and he was doing a press conference entering the offseason and free agency and was asked questions along the lines of needs and how the team's going to address needs. And Marv made a point to say, You know, sometimes we need to focus more on how the existing players in the roster can improve, and he specifically mentioned Brad Butler. And I don't know if you guys remember Brad Butler, but he was a a day three pick. I think he was out of Virginia, an offensive tackle. Didn't really play much early in his career. But after Marv Levy said that, Brad Butler became a starter and was a reasonably sound player for the Buffalo Bills. And we could talk about free agent signings and draft picks, but the Bills are probably going to find their best opportunities to improve by players on the roster improving. And so what I've done is I've went through, and I think I have 70 70 different players that were either on the team last year or have signed a futures deal, and I have them tiered into different buckets. And... The first bucket is going to be players that have reached their ceiling. And for some players, that's a good thing. For some players, that's inconsequential. For some players, it's, all right, you've reached your ceiling, but you're a role player, so we're going to identify those. Then we're going to talk about the most important piece, which are players who have room to grow. And those players getting better and how that will make the Bills better in 2022. And then the last category that we'll get into are players that are on the decline, and it's inconsequential, their caliber of play, because they're not likely to be back or they're aging. So let's get into this and further identify what this team has and how it can get better, specifically this time through within. And then very soon we're going to talk about how the Bills can get better by adding different players, and I have lots of ideas that I want to share with with you regarding that in the coming days. So 
We'll start with players that have reached their ceiling. These players are as good as they are ever going to be in the NFL, and I believe they can sustain that level for 2022. And so those players that have reached their ceiling, I think they'll be exactly who they've been, and it's a good thing. This is a pretty easy list to go through. Matt Milano, Mitch Morse, Jordan Poyer, Levi Wallace, Daryl Williams, Tyler Bass. I put Tyler Bass in this category. I think Tyler Bass as a kicker has reached his ceiling. I think we know exactly who he is as a kicker. Cole Beasley, Deion Dawkins, Stephon Diggs, Reed Ferguson, Taron Johnson, Micah Hyde, and Jerry Hughes. You know exactly what those players are. You know exactly what they're going to deliver, and it's a good thing. You're not expecting anything more. You're not expecting anything less. If they continue to perform like they have, you are fully satisfied with what you're getting, and there isn't much reason to believe that there's a higher level of play achievable for any one of those players. Those are your core guys. Now, I know that I included Levi Wallace into that mix, and maybe that's the one that has you wondering. But what I'd say about that is, I mean, we know what Levi Wallace is. He's a perfectly reasonable cornerback, too, in this defense. So if he's back, okay, you know exactly what you're getting. And I wouldn't expect a higher level of play. So those are the players that have reached their ceiling, and it's a good thing. The next category are players that have reached their ceiling, and they are a role player. These are guys that I don't expect a higher level of play from these players. They kind of have a role that you can envision and understand exactly what you're getting, but we're not talking about starting caliber players like we did in that first category. So in this group, I have Mario Addison, Eli Anquo, who as your fifth defensive tackle at the off the practice squad is a perfectly good role player. Jake Kumaro, who I think is, you know, your depth receiver that gives you blocking ability, that gives you some size and speed down the field, but his primary function is always going to be special teams. Tyler Medikavich, role player, right? Never going to help you on defense, is going to be a core special teams ace. I have Isaiah McKenzie in this category. Maybe some people think that's a, a little bit odd. But McKenzie's been in the league since 2017. I'm not all of a sudden expecting Isaiah McKenzie to become this top three option in the passing game. He's had his flashy moments, but for the most part, this guy really doesn't have a foundation of production to point to, and he's not like super young either. So I think Isaiah McKenzie is a perfectly fine role player that can do gadgety things for you on offense. You can hand it to him on jet sweeps. He can uncover down the field from the slot. Like there's some things that he can do, but I personally don't envision him as a top three option in an NFL passing game. Saran Neal. Perfectly fine role player. You know exactly what you're getting from the Bills special teams ace. Brandon Bryant, practice squad defensive tackle. Brian Cox Jr. John Feliciano. I think he's, uh, at this point, he's a player that I view as quality depth. That gives you versatility at guard and center. Taiwan Jones, a you know really good special teams 
I guess you can call him a running back, but he's a special teams player. And then I also have Jaquan Johnson in this category. Now, if Jaquan has to play some defense, that might be a different conversation, but as your third safety and as a, a four-phase special teamer, Jaquan Johnson is who he is as a role player. The last category within reach ceiling that I want to talk about here are players that have reached their ceiling and it's inconsequential. I have two guys in this bucket, Vernon Butler and Bobby Hart. I don't expect those players to ever be better than they are right now. I don't expect them to be back. And their caliber of play simply doesn't move the needle. In fact, it's probably a bad thing that they've reached their ceiling and are the caliber of player that they are right now. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, and they even have those Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, let's move on to what I think is the most important part of our conversation today. And these are players that, for one reason or another, can perform at a higher level for this team in 2022, and it really matters. And so within this, of course, I've got tears within my tears because there's no one-size-fits-all type thing. This is football. There's roles. There's varying levels of skill sets. There's varying levels of roles, and it just matters differently for every player. So the first bucket here is players that have reached their ceiling but can be more effective in 2022. These players have reached their ceiling they're as good as they're ever going to be, but something about 2021 would suggest that they can be a better player in 2022. There's two players in this bucket, and the first one's obvious, Tredavious White. Tredavious White is who he is in the NFL. He was terrific for 11 starts, tore his ACL. And so the Bills missed him over the last six regular season games, and of course, the two playoff games. And I've said this several times already this offseason. The way that the Bills' defense looked against the Chiefs in the divisional round of the playoffs when they didn't have Trey White compared to week six when they did is how you can measure how important Tredavious White is for this defense. Everyone's disappointed in how the Bills' defense looked against the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. All right, let's watch those games again, but with a, tr with a healthy Tredavious White. I think it looks different. So yeah, I'm not expecting Tredavious White to play at a higher level than he has, but because of the circumstances surrounding his injury and when that injury fell and how it impacted the defense down the stretch in the most important moments, I think that there's a reason to believe that the team can be better next year because of Tredavious White. The other player in this bucket is 
somewhat of a Hail Mary, but star low to Lele. I think it's fair to say that circumstances impacted his ability to contribute in 2021. Whether it was the personal reasons that he missed a game, he had a foot injury, missed some time with that, got COVID, never really recovered from COVID. There's questions about him being back and what, you know, what he's going to do. But the Bills really don't have a great out when it comes to this contract. He might just be back on the roster next year, and if he doesn't retire, the Bills are kind of stuck with him. Okay, well, we know that Star can be an effective player, and we know that there were circumstances in 2021 that impacted him, and so there's some degree of hope that the Bills can have a better version of Star next season for a longer period of time. And so I felt necessary to put him in this bucket of reached ceiling but can be a more effective player in 2022. This is the time of year where I've usually given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I'm actually enjoying eating them. Have you tried Built Puffs? If you haven't, then you're missing out on one of the best-tasting Built Bars out there. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate because all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're healthy for you. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, and they have so many great flavors. They've got coconut, raspberry, coconut, almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, and new for this month is the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. And at Built Bar, it's all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Got a deal for you? Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, this is the most important stuff. These are the guys that I don't think have reached their ceiling that can take a step and it mean a lot for this football team. So I have this written down as these are players that have room to grow in that the player can achieve a higher level of play moving forward, and we have not yet seen the best version of this player. And again, buckets within the buckets. But this next bucket, this is the most important stuff we're going to talk about today. If the ceiling is reached in 2022, the impact on the team could be significant. And this has really been the Bills' bread and butter. This is why the team has improved. Yeah, the Stephon Diggs trade matters a ton. but. So has the growth of players like Deion Dawkins and, and Dawson Knox and Josh Allen and Tredavious White and Matt Milano and Ed Oliver, guys that have continued to get better and how that's impacted the football team. And so if you want to focus on how the Bills can get better from within, I would focus on these players right here. And what's interesting is that when you think about some of the needs that the Bills have, they are very much encapsulated within this list of players. I have three defensive ends right off the bat. Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham. If those guys reach their ceiling this year, 
That's going to matter a ton. And maybe they will have room to grow beyond this year, especially a guy like Greg Rousseau. Be year two for him. Relatively inexperienced player. I mean, even with another season, even if he takes a major step and is an impact player, I, I don't know that I'd be willing to say that after 2022, he'll be as good as he'll ever be. So I'm looking for a step there. Obviously, A.J. Epinesa, year three. Year three has been a big year for a lot of Bills players. Trey White had his best year in year three. Josh Allen, Dawson Knox, Ed Oliver. Be great if, if A.J. Epinesa follows suit here. And then Boogie Basham, who, you know, second-year player, but he's not a spring chicken. He's got a little bit of age on him for a second-year player. And there's a good chance this is your top three defensive ends next year. So if those guys reach their ceiling, I think we can all agree that the impact on the team would be absolutely significant. I've got more players in this bucket. I'm going to put Ed Oliver in here. I know that Ed Oliver is a, is a fairly established player in terms of time on task now, three years with the team. But I think we can all agree that the second half of 2021 was his best football. And so if he sustains that level of play over an entire season, that'd be huge. And I still think that there's room for him to continue developing and growing and improving. He's a top 10 pick with an insane athletic profile that has gotten better every year. So while I think he's close to his ceiling, I think there's more room there. And if he takes that step, that's going to be significant on the team. I have Harrison Phillips in this bucket as well, assuming he's back. I mean, it's kind of weird to say that a player entering their fifth season hasn't reached their ceiling, but when you consider the injury history, when you consider the flashes of play, both before and after injuries, when you consider that he played hurt last year and still elevated his game down the stretch, I mean, early in the season, there were times where Harrison Phillips was a healthy and active player. So no, despite him reaching his fifth season or entering his fifth season, I'm not ready to sit here and say that Harrison Phillips is as good as he'll ever be because even in the... My perception of him as a player, it's changed so much. So we think about defensive line, defensive end, defensive tackle, both as needs for this team, but look at how much opportunity there is to get better with the five players that I just listed because they're not the, they're not the best version of themselves yet. There's a higher level of play for them to achieve. I've got Dawson Knox in this bucket as well. Big-time breakout season last year. Obviously, the hand injury was disappointing in the middle. But that was a breakout season. I think that there's more for Dawson Knox. You guys know how high I am on his ceiling, and I've, I've raved about his physical traits and everything that he can bring to the table and his story and all the reasons why there was so much inconsistency early in his career and how it was completely justified. He delivered in a big way this year. But are we willing to admit that this is as good as he'll ever be? Because all of the stuff I've always said about 
Dawson Knox remains true. He just finally put it all together. And so I think there's another level here for Dawson Knox. I think he can be more influential in the middle of the field and down the seam and vertical. I think he can be more uh, used in the third level. And I'd like to see that happen. How about a couple of offensive linemen here in Ryan Bates and Spencer Brown? Ryan Bates got that opportunity to start late in the season. And the offense changed, right? The offensive line, the pass protection, the run blocking, it changed when Ryan Bates got his chance to play. And that was really his first ever time with extended opportunity on the field in his first starts in the NFL. No reason to believe that he can't take a step in with more time on task and you know, really entering next season as a guy in line to start. Yeah, I think that he can really be an answer for this team at left guard. And then obviously Spencer Brown, holy smokes. I mean, this guy, this guy's got off the charts physical skill. I've said it, I've said it before, and I I I it may sound hot takey, but it's not. Spencer Brown is one of the best athletes in the entire NFL when you consider size. He's probably the best athlete on the team. And for him to enter the NFL as raw as he was, kind of like I've said a million times. Eight-man football in high school as a tight end. Only has two years of playing experience at the college level at Northern Iowa. Sits out 2020 because his team canceled. You know, the, his program shut down for that year. Wasn't his choice. Comes to the NFL and is a starter by week four? I mean, his, his play was uneven in 2021, but that experience was valuable. And I think he's got an unbelievably high ceiling, and I don't think he's close to it. So I think he's obviously in this tier where, hey, a step from him, better right tackle play, that's going to matter for this team. How about Gabriel Davis? I think um, I think he's definitely forcing the issue here. Really flashy player over his first two seasons. Had some really big moments. Obviously, the historic performance against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Had some great games down the stretch. You'd have to think more and more opportunities coming his way in year three, and then his production is going to be even higher. And then I also have Dane Jackson in this bucket. Who knows what's going to happen with the Bills' cornerback situation? I think there's a reasonably good chance that Dane Jackson is at least starting early in the season next year for the Bills until Trey White's back. Now, maybe there's a scenario where the Bills pick a player early in the draft or they sign someone in free agency and they bring back Levi Wallace and Levi Wallace and that other player start. But there's a reasonable chance that Dane Jackson is starting games for this team. And look, he got his first real start starting opportunity last year in year two when Trey White got injured. And I thought he played reasonably well. Didn't give up a touchdown, played the run well. And I think he will benefit from that time on task and obviously some struggles down the stretch. But for the most part, I mean, I don't know that you could have asked more out of him. He should be a lot better equipped entering his third season to make an impact if his, you know, if his name's called. So Carlos Basham, AJ Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, Dawson Knox, Ryan Bates, Spencer Brown, Gabriel Davis, Dane Jackson. If you want to get excited about the Bills, 
becoming a better football team by players on the roster, improving next year because they have a lot of room to get better. Those are the guys that you're going to point to. And I like that we're talking about premium positions here. Defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback. I like it. Now, I do have another couple of uh, buckets within the uh, room to grow bucket. These guys are all players that have room to grow and expectations should be tempered, but growth is possible and the impact on the team could be notable. In this bucket, I have Josh Allen. I don't think it's crazy to believe that Josh Allen has a higher level of play that he can achieve. He's really done nothing but grow since 2017. And what this man turned into in the playoffs, wow, right? Wow. That was some of the best quarterbacking the NFL's ever seen. So with him playing at such a high level late in the season, you don't think he can carry that over to 2022 and perform even better than he has? I think it's a reasonable thing to say. And so, I, like I said, I thought this was a good spot for him. Expectations should be tempered, but growth is possible, and the impact could be notable. Now, Josh Allen's going to sound a lot different than the names I'm going to get to next, but I thought he fit that criteria. I also have Devin Singletary in this bucket. He played his best football late in the season. I'm not expecting him to get significantly better, but I think there's room for him to get better as a pass catcher. And the fact that his sample size of playing his best football came when it did, kind of like Josh Allen in a, in a much lesser way, I think he can be an Im a more impactful player in 2022 because he was his impact late in the season compared to early in the season was notable. Well, what if he sustains that for an entire season? That's going to matter. I also have Zach Moss in this category. Again, expectations should be tempered, but growth is possible. That's a perfectly reasonable way to look at Zach Moss in my mind. He was disappointing this year. Well, I mean, is it fair to think that entering year three, a fully healthy Zach Moss can't take a step? I think it's possible. I'm not optimistic, but I think it's possible. I have Marquez Stevenson in this list. Again, expectations should be tempered, but growth is possible. And I was asked a question about Stevenson on herd mentality last week, where the guy basically said, look, I mean, the Bills need a run-after-catch guy. They need a vertical threat. Can Stevenson be part of that mix? Yeah, sure. He absolutely can. Entering year two. Now, injuries have been an issue for Stevenson even last year as a rookie and, and of course, throughout his time in Houston. So that's something to be mindful of. But, yeah, I think Stevenson can come in and take a step and, and make a bigger impact than he did last year for sure, especially in the passing game. How about Tommy Doyle at offensive tackle? You know, I think he's likely to be the swing tackle. 
And this really could come down to opportunity where, I mean, Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins are locked in at tackle. I don't really see a path for him to get on the field as a starter, but I think he's going to be better equipped to be a backup. And obviously the way he blossomed as that jumbo tight end blocking guy last year, late in the season, I mean, that should be even better. So I think Tommy Doyle is in a good spot to make a bigger impact next season. But again, expectations should be tempered because opportunity with Doyle is different. How about Tremaine Edmonds? I think he should be in this bucket. I hope we haven't seen the best of Tremaine Edmonds yet. I love the highs from Tremaine. I hate the lows. So I want to see the highs be more consistent and I want the lows to come up. Still only 20, he's entering his age 24 season. I know he's been on the team for a while. You know, he's a tough guy to talk about because the play is uneven, but there's really good moments. The team loves him. The leadership matters. He gets guys lined up. I mean, I know it's hard to foil it all together and, and appreciate him for a lot of people, but I think it's fair to say that he fits this criteria of expectations should be tempered, but growth is possible and the impact on the team could be notable. That's a fair thing to say about Tremaine Edmonds. And the last guy I have in this bucket is Cody Ford. Again, I have no expectations for Cody Ford next year. Zero. But we're talking about a top 40 pick that has the makeup of a starter, that has the opportunity now this year to work with a new offensive line coach and Aaron Cromer, who has a history of maximizing offensive linemen. Again, I go back to when he was in Buffalo. John Miller and Jordan Mills, that was the right side of the offensive line, and those were reasonable players. When they left Buffalo, they were no longer reasonable players. You don't think Cody Ford could take a step with some new coaching where the expectations are gone? Last year, Brandon Bean said, I expect Cody Ford to be one of our five starters, right? Like that was on him. Nobody thinks that anymore. All right. Now you're playing with house money, Cody. Go out there and uh, take that step. So that's the uh, the bucket of expectations should be tempered, but growth is possible and impact on team could be notable. And again, wide-ranging players here. We got Josh Allen in the same bucket here as Marquez Stevenson. But just to remind you of the players I have here, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Marquez Stevenson, Tommy Doyle, Tremaine Edmonds, and Cody Ford. The last couple, ca- or the next category, and it's not the last one, is room to grow. I think these players can be better but the impact on the team is likely to be minimal. We won't spend a lot of time here, but these are players that it's not fair to say they've reached their ceiling, but it's also fair to say that even if they do get better, I'm not sure how much of an impact that's going to make on the team. Cameron Lewis, Mike Love, Nick McLeod, Quentin Morris, F.A. Obata, Andre Smith, Tommy Sweeney, Josh Thomas, Christian Wade, Justin Zimmer, Ike Bakker, that one's kind of tough for me um, because maybe he is the team starting left guard next year. I'm not sure. So if he's if he's back, then he can, he can force the issue. Jacob Capra, Tyrell Dodson, Tanner Gentry, Joe Giles Harris, Reggie Gilliam, Elijah Griffin, Damar Hamlin, Tim Harris, and Isaiah Hodgins. All players that I think can get better but their impact is likely to be minimal. We're talking about 
some of these guys' best-case scenarios being a third linebacker and special teamer, you know, developing depth at corner. I mean, can Tommy Sweeney be a tight end too? I don't know. They can get better. All of these guys can get better, but I'm not sure how much it will move the needle on the team. Now, this next category, only one guy's in the bucket. It's on the decline, and the player has reached their ceiling in the NFL, and a lower level of play in 2022 is likely. I have Emmanuel Sanders here, the wide receiver. I mean, I think he can bring some value to the team, but as far as a 70, 80 plus target guy, I'm not sure he's that player. I'd rather see Gabriel Davis especially for what you're going to have to pay, probably five, $6 million for Emmanuel Sanders. I probably, I probably invest that money elsewhere. So I have him as on the decline, reach their ceiling and a lower level of play is likely in 2022. And then I have this no category bucket where I got three players and it'll all make sense to you. Mitchell Trubisky, who look, I, he's going to be on a different team next year. He's going to have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. So I just didn't feel like it was important for us to uh, to factor him at a, him in at all. And then Matt Breida and Matt Hawk, who were bust as free agent signings. I don't think Matt Breida is a consistent enough football player. I think he's got mental mistakes. He's got physical mistakes. I mean, it's really cool that you're fast, but he's just too much variance with him, and that's been the way that's been the problem with him for a long time. And then Matt Hawk, who I talked about on Friday last week, where he was just statistically the worst punter in the NFL. There's no point in talking about him. He can't be back on this team. So there you have it. I've tiered all of the players on the roster, all of the futures deals. And the entire purpose of this was to highlight the different areas of this roster and where it can get better, where it's already, where it's going to be and identify those players that can take a step or reach their ceiling in 2022, and it's going to matter just as much as whoever the Bills pick in the first round or whatever free agent moves they make or whatever trades they make, those guys or some of those guys taking that step and becoming better football players is going to matter so much for this team because this is, in a lot of ways, the bread and butter of this operation. The Bills preach draft and develop. That's exactly what they've done. And so as we apply that to this offseason and what's existing on this roster, I think that's what's important for us to focus in on. And we can now we can now kind of move on towards, all right, that's great. We got we have these players and these tiers, and this is where they can get better from within. All right, now let's talk about what outside players we can uh add to the operation here to uh to elevate the team in twenty twenty two. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Looking forward to the rest of the week where we've got some fun stuff lined up. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.